The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. Well, this Republican primary for U.S. Senate is getting very interesting. This is the race to take on Kirsten Gillibrand. Some huge news made right here on 77 WABC yesterday. Just a week after publicly endorsing Republican Mike Sapricone for U.S. Senate, former Congressman Peter King called on him to drop out of the race because of his previous 2022 campaign contribution to Donald Trump's political foe, Attorney General Letitia James. Here was Congressman King on with Sid Rosenberg yesterday. So I've been hearing for days Mike Sapricone spends a lot of time and money donating to Democrat politicians and uh, other causes, and there's no reason why he should be the Republican choice in that race. Your thoughts? Oh, by the way, Letitia James, too. He also donated to Letitia James, which is pretty unacceptable. I've known Mike Sapatoni over the years. Uh, we were not aware of these contributions because if he had, if we had decided him being the candidate, he would have been vetted in Nassau County. Now, as every businessman makes contributions on both sides, he goes back and forth, but there's limits. And I can tell you, finding out that he donated to Tish James, I don't see how Nassau Republicans or others around the state can continue to support him. I think the right thing for him to do would be to uh, withdraw from the race. And if he doesn't, I would ask President Trump to ask him to withdraw. If you haven't been following this, Sapricone overwhelmingly won the New York GOP support at the convention last week with 84 percent of the vote, even after his donations to Democrats had been highlighted on social media. Sapricone has given primarily to Republicans, but he defended his Democratic donations as helping his security business. Well, now he is facing a very energetic primary on the right from both Cara Castronova, who was a star on The Biggest Loser, one of the trainers on The Biggest Loser and a former boxer, and billionaire Josh Eisen. Both of them have been guests on the show, and I think Sapricone is going to lose this primary. I think he may drop out of the race. This is the home county that endorsed him, Nassau County and Suffolk County, both of whom endorsed Sapricone. Peter King is their guy, and he would not be making a move like this without Joe Cairo's consent. I have a feeling Sapricone's days are numbered, and we could either be looking at a primary between Eisen and Cara Castronova, or they may just give it to Cara Castronova if Sapricone does drop out. It's fascinating to watch. Beam me up! To be continued. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 WBC. Local Spotlight. Good morrow.
show, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. New York State Senate and Assembly Republicans are renaming their migrant bill that would require state and local law enforcement to inform ICE if they arrest a non-citizen. The bill will now be named Lakin's Law after Lakin Riley, a nursing student at the University of Georgia who was allegedly killed by an illegal immigrant last week. An ICE official claimed that the alleged murder was previously arrested. Excuse me, the alleged murderer was previously arrested by the NYPD last year, but the NYPD said there's no record on file of the person. Senate Minority Leader Robert Ort of Western New York said because of New York's sanctuary state laws, local law enforcement do not notify federal immigration officials when they take someone into custody, even if they're here, especially if they're here illegally. And he was released without notification to ICE and to federal authorities because of policies and laws passed by Democrats here in New York State. That's the word from Robert Ort. So this bill, which is sponsored by Deputy Minority Leader Andrew Lanza, who happens to be my state senator, would repeal the state's distinction as a sanctuary state. Lanza said they're not politicizing the event, despite the claims from Democrats that that's exactly what they're doing. Obviously, with the Democrats being a in the supermajority in the New York state legislature, there's very little likelihood that this bill will ever see the light of day, probably won't pass. However, I think it's good that Republicans are pushing this because it's at least furthering the conversation in Albany and all around New York state about whether we should be a sanctuary state. Should New York and New York's law enforcement agencies have to comply with federal law enforcement agencies? As far as I'm concerned, the answer is obvious and a resounding yes. Is it the right thing to rename this legislation? I don't know. I'll leave that to New Yorkers to decide. But I do think think it's an appropriate thing and an appropriate time to have a debate about whether we should be a sanctuary state. I vote no. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. I did not think I would ever see this day, but... The redistricting mess in New York State is finally over. We finally have congressional districts, at least for now. The state legislature wound down the 2024 edition of the redistricting saga yesterday after Governor Kathy Hochul signed a message of necessity allowing the legislature to bypass bill aging requirements. That afternoon, Wednesday afternoon, The state assembly approved the legislature's proposed congressional maps, and they were quickly followed by the state Senate. Governor Hochul signed the maps into law. Democrats in the state legislature had voted down the bipartisan independent redistricting commission's map proposals on Monday. Last winter, a state court of appeals decision forced the commission to prepare new congressional districts after a court-appointed special master created the lines in the 2022 midterm elections. This has been going on for years. This has cost who knows how many millions of dollars in taxpayer money, in court costs, in legal fees for everybody involved. And yet the maps that the state legislature finally passed aren't that much different from the maps that were drawn up. 
by the Bipartisan Independent Redistricting Commission. And those maps aren't that much different from the maps that were drawn up by the court-appointed master two years ago. So what was the point of all this? Was this all about Hakeem Jeffries and his quest to become speaker, trying to undermine and corrupt the redistricting process every step of the way from the initial gerrymander to stacking the Court of Appeals to limiting any legal challenge to four heavily Democratic counties with elected judges? Even after all that, we pretty much have maps that are going to stay the same. Now, they're going to alter a little bit. This uh, Jamal Bowman district might be a little bit different. The uh, Mark Molinaro district might be a little bit different. Democrats have a little bit more of an edge, but these maps are still, on the whole, pretty fair, which just makes you scratch your head about why we went through this for the last four years. This could have been over and done with literally years ago. I'm just glad we don't have to talk about it anymore. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Is there anyone that is not ripping off the state of New York and their taxpayers? Because it's looking increasingly like the answer to that is no. One of the public officials that I respect most in New York State happens to be the state controller, Tom DiNapoli. And his latest report is a damning one. New York State overpaid $50 million, million in Medicaid drug claims because of, quote, poor Oversight from the State Department of Health. That's according to a new audit from State Controller Tom DiNapoli's office. The Health Department administers New York's expansive Medicaid program, sharing costs for health care for low-income New Yorkers with the federal and the state government. It's also responsible for paying for certain drugs, many of which are eligible for rebates through the federal Medicaid drug rebate program, which helps offset costs to Medicaid patients. But in the audit that was released a day or two ago, DiNapoli's office chided the health department for its lax oversight, that's a quote from DiNapoli's report, of its regular payments to intermediary health companies known as managed care organizations that often handle much of the actual drug repayment process. The audit says that the lack of oversight resulted in the state shelling out over $50 million, some of which the controller deemed improper payments for drugs that were not subject to a drug manufacturer rebate agreement between 27 and 2023. The health department disputed the controller's findings as grossly overstated, pointing to a large portion of claims that they said were not eligible for the rebates. Had they been eligible, the cost savings captured from those rebates would have been significantly lower than $50 million. I don't know about you, but given the bureaucracy of the state health department or the ability to add of the state controller's office, I'm siding with the controller's office on this one. We got to get our act together here folks. Beam me up. To be continued. 